there's only so much ground that you really have around home here to really spot and stalk. I mean, as much as I like it and as much as I'd like to do more of it, I just, I know the benefits of being patient and, and hunting whitetails from, from tree stands or, you know, ground, certain ground setups and stuff like that. You hit a certain spot in, in a state where it's like, yep, I know what my mindset needs to be and that's going to be patient and it's going to be a lot of tree stand time or ground blind time, whatever, whatever you're hunting, you know, it's just the reality of what's going to be the most beneficial for you. One thing I've, I feel like Neely's have taught me over the years is just patience, you know, like not taking a bad shot and just being patient as much as you want to just let that arrow rip. You just really got to be patient. Wait for that perfect, not perfect opportunity, but, you know, the best opportunity, you know, with, with what you're vibing as far as the way the deer's acting. One of those things where it's just like... Oh, just a huge weight off your shoulders, but just like a pinnacle moment as a bow hunter that motivates you for future hunts and just gives you that confidence as a bow hunter. Like, you know, like there's always going to be shit to overcome, but you can do it. You know, I mean, bow hunting is pretty mental. You know, I mean, you can talk yourself into something totally or you can talk yeah. yourself out of it pretty easy. Hey guys, I want to start off by thanking you for keeping me on the air since 2004. I'm trying to keep everything fresh and keep bringing you content that is both enjoyable and informational. So if you can help me out by hitting me up on Instagram or Facebook and giving me some suggestions for guests, topics, and questions, I'd really appreciate it. Also, you've heard me say this, but please, 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 please take a few moments to give me a review on iTunes. It's so important to keeping me on the air. So if you want this podcast to stick around, please get on there. Drop me a line. Lastly, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Been the title sponsor of the show for a long time. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20% on everything they offer. All right, let's get into this next episode. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Today, uh, we're going to do a little storytelling session, I guess, with uh, Richie Willem. And uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. We might pick his brain about a couple things. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I'm good. I can't complain. I mean, nobody listens to me when I complain anyway. I'm always complaining, so. <laughs> well, it's easy to you complain know. when you're not hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually did quite a bit of complaining hunting this year, too. Like, I was not. <laughs> I just not had, did not have a good season for my, all the way around for me. Just in and out, logistically, performance-wise, just, I don't know. Normally, I, I got, I guess I got so used to having you know, seven, nine tags, something like that a year and, you know, filling most of those. And I, I did three hunts. I guess I couldn't bitch. I got two deer, but it just felt like, it felt like a really crappy year for me, but it, I guess it was just, it was crappy because I didn't hunt nearly as much as I normally would. And, um, yeah. Yeah. When you, when you kind of have that, uh, when you have those years where it just seems like you can't do anything wrong and you just feel like the best hunter in the world and then you follow it up or, you know, you have that year, you know, a couple of seasons, you know, post that. And it's just like, what am I doing? 
<laughs> what am yeah. I doing wrong? That is creating all this yep. chaos. Yeah, I just I literally just today released a podcast about South Dakota and I swear to you while I was there, I was ready to quit hunting. Like I was like, Oh, I cannot believe that I can't make this happen. I've had so many opportunities. And I was like, uh, you know, like you're a has been, you don't know what the freak you're doing anymore. <laughs> like all these things. And then I looked back and I was like, What the freak, dude? I'm like, you were you know, you were in there so many times. Yeah, okay, you didn't make you didn't kill your, your target buck. You end up shooting a buck at the last day that you probably wouldn't have wanted to shoot and you know, whatever. But I'm like, I was ready to give up because of you know, one one bad, half bad season or whatever it was. But and I started off the year, like twenty twenty three started off like with a bang. I, I shot a javelina and I shot a my target buck of three years here in Arizona this buck called Megatron. So like I started off the year with a bang and I hit, you know, I killed some Turkey and I don't know. It just, it was just one of those, one of those things, yeah. man. I got in my own head and that was, I'm very good at doing that. Like, I'm well, I mean, and, that. and that's, that's, you know, I mean, bringing in the mental side of it, it's just, once you get in your head just a little bit, you know, you, with whatever, if it's just, yeah, you mm. feel like you're having a bad season or you're just, you missed a buck or something like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, that's for sure. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, anyway, well, let's get let's get a little rundown about you and so our listeners can yeah. find out who you are. Yeah, yeah. I'm Richie Wilhelm. Uh, just celebrated my 39th birthday. If anybody cares how old I am, happy birthday. Yeah, uh, and thank you. I uh, own and operate a small residential construction company here in Wisconsin in the La Crosse area. Been kind of been going at that for about 15, 16 years now, which is kind of, you know, one thing that, you know, I, I started my own business more so just because I realized that there's nobody that's going to give me the time off that I want mm-hmm. in the fall. I mean, I was young. Didn't have a, a ton of uh, priorities as far as bills and a family as far as that goes. So, you know, I kind of created my own destiny with being self-employed, which comes with many challenges, as you know. Right. Um, not all peaches and cream, but, um, you know, when you can kind of create that destiny and, you know, fill the voids with work and create that time off, I, it definitely it definitely is beneficial when it comes to picking time off to go hunt or, you know, watch weather, take advantage of that and not have to pick the perfect week of rut, you know, whether it's chasing whitetails or, you know, heading out west and then, you know, just weather being a a major deal breaker, you Mm -hmm. know, which I feel like it really can be when you're trying to plan a hunt and all of a sudden the weather goes from being perfect to, you know, snow, cold, rain, whatever, whatever the elements that you might be dealing with, or, you know, in like your case, dry, you know, things like that, that just truly kind of change the outcome, you know, of, of a hunt. Yeah, no, it's crazy like how easily a, a hunt can go awry just because of weather and yeah. environmental changes. You know, I, this is the second time in 
like I don't feel like the Arizona rut's going to be very spectacular this year. And I haven't really seen any giants hit the ground during during the rifle seasons. And usually, you know, you always see a couple here and there. Haven't really seen any. And like it's super dry. We haven't had much rain this year. And the last time this happened was a couple years ago. And we had it two years in a row, but a couple years ago. So last year was amazing. Like the, the habitat looked beautiful. Everything was green and lush. And rut was very strong the whole time. And then the year before that, it was like this year. Actually, it was even worse worse than this. But the rut was just not on. You know, yeah, those were coming into heat because they're gonna they're going to. But I always feel like like Mother Nature, if she knows the habitat's like not going to be good, so to speak, like you don't have that same intense breeding. They're like they're not going to bring as many fawns into you know into the world. If you're not, yeah. you know, if they're not going to survive, like, I yeah. don't know. I might, I might be just completely off base, but that's kind of what I've, from an observational standpoint, I've always viewed that. It's like every time we have that. So now that I have, I see this out, out there right now that we're, Jesus, usually in December we get rains and we haven't got anything. So it's, it's pretty- yeah, I think I was, I think the last year I went to Arizona um, with a group of guys, it was probably like two or three years ago and, and then we went the year prior and it was just crazy how different things were from one year to the next as far as that goes. I mean, the year before, it seemed like there was enough moisture to where stocking was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, that's a big thing too, obviously, right? Yeah, and then it was just crazy. It's just crazy how dry it got and how crunchy grass can truly be, you mm-hmm. know, as far as like, <laughs> especially we were chasing coos deer mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was it was, you know, I mean, those things are so weary and switched on just the critters that they are. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we were unsuccessful. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Did you come with Ross? <laughs> What's that? Did you come here with Ross? No, no, oh, no. Okay. Uh, a couple other, a couple other guys, uh, there was three other guys and we jumped in a pickup, loaded it up and headed south. Like I said, we did that two years in a row, kind of did the wall tent thing and mm-hmm. it, it was pretty sweet. You know, I mean, just a long drive. I think it's 26 hours. Oh, geez. And yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's tough, you know, in the whole airplane and truck thing, you know, I've, I've always been a truck guy, like always bring a little extra, you know, you never know what you're going to need. And uh, yeah, I mean, and we didn't necessarily know anybody local that, you know, you're just sound like you're hunting with a buddy that lives out there and you just need to bring your bow and your gear. You know, I mean, we're bringing everything we need to bring deer home, you know, cook while we're there, eat decent and that sort of jazz. So, right. Right. The, the catch 22 about having a year like we have this year from a success standpoint, and a lot of guys will be sitting water because, yeah. Water is going to be key and the deer are tied to it. So it's actually pretty, it's easier to have success on a year like this year than when there's water everywhere and the vegetation's all lush and stuff and you're relying on spot and stalk more. But it also means we're going to knock the deer herd down a bunch again. For sure. So, For sure. 
Yeah. So I don't know. Like I'm, I, I always have mixed reservations about that. You know, you always want to fill the freezer and I always want to <laughs> get one. And then I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to like, I had, you- I, I, in 2020, I did that. I shot a buck and after, afterwards I was like, man, I didn't feel, I didn't feel good about it. You know, it doesn't make any sense really. Cause I, I wouldn't, I, if yeah, I would have got one spot in stock, I still would have shot one. Right. Like, I don't know. I felt like bad that I wasn't almost not giving them as much of a sporting chance. Almost. I don't know what it was, but I think I, every hunt's different. You just got those vibes, you yeah. know I mean? You're, you're out there for different reasons and everybody is, and that's the cool part about hunting. It's just kind of what you want to make it, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, everybody's kind of got their styles and you know, I mean, obviously, like you said, kind of dry years. If you know where water is, it can be extremely beneficial. But if you're a spot and stock guy, you know, it's, you know, your worst enemy. Yep. Yep. So you just shot a muley. Where'd you shoot that muley at? We'll leave that. We'll, we'll leave that uh, to ourselves. Oh, not going to tell the state? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> states are getting hard to draw. I don't need to draw any attention to it. No, no, I got you. Yeah, I kind of did that I'll, to myself I'll, too. I'll challenge you off there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I had two uh, muley tags this year, and um, yeah, I was. this is the first year I've, I've killed two mule deer in one year, so and they both happen to be like my top well i would say both of them are in the top three one's my best and one's pretty dang close to my second nice. you know second best so yeah it, it was i've definitely had uh two bad years of chasing whitetails but i've definitely invested uh, a ton of energy into chasing chasing mule there and it's slowly pulling me to that dark side yeah which which is good and bad. I mean, I, I love chasing whitetails, but I don't know something about spotting and stalking and, and, you know, yeah, just bigger country and less, uh, I should say property lines, you know, cause the majority of our whitetail hunting in Wisconsin is pretty much private. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely some public land and good public land, but you know, I've, we got some spots, you know, that are private and why would you not hunt them versus hunting public? So, oh, yeah. but, um, Without a doubt. yeah, but, uh, yeah, the mule deer are definitely are, are definitely consuming me for sure. Yeah. They're, they're fun. They're fun. You know, I don't know how much, if you tried to do any spot other than the coos deer, but spot and stalk whitetails, like super duper fun man <laughs> like oh i oh for sure i mean i i've done it kind of out in like uh the dakota areas uh-huh but just just around home here i mean i'm not saying that's not doable and guys you know don't spot and stock white tails and i mean i would definitely say there's guys stalking deer with guns when it comes to gun hunting you know like yeah everybody's everybody's sneaky when they got a gun yeah but uh primarily I don't even, I actually didn't even gun hunt this year. It was probably the first year in forever that I actually haven't picked up a gun. But uh, at the moment, there's still some doe seasons left that are always good for filling the freezer. But yeah, just leaves, you know, it just, unless you got the perfect conditions or we get a good rain or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's also one of those things too, where it turns in, it can potentially turn into a deer drive for the neighbors. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, there's yeah. only so much ground that you really have around home here to really spot and stalk. I mean, as much as I like it, 
<laughs> and as much as I'd like to do more of it, I just, I know the benefits of being patient and, and hunt whitetails from, from tree stands or, you know, ground, certain ground setups and stuff like that, as far as that goes. But well, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, you get out into some of that prairie country or just bigger open country where you're not dealing with leaves. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's like, as soon as I hit the Western edge of Minnesota, wherever I'm headed from there, it's, it's pretty hard for me to sit in a tree stand because I'm headed West for one reason. And that's the right to get after it and spot yeah. and stock something. So I know the feeling it's crazy. Cause I know that it could be effective here. Oh yeah. And I've had years ago, I've had plenty of successes hunting out of stands or blinds or whatever. I, you cannot get me to sit for more than a, like two hours max, like in Arizona or anywhere pretty much out West, but take me to the Midwest or back East and I can literally put a 15 hour sit in. Well, and, and, like, <laughs> and that's just, that's the reality of I it. Mean, it's almost like you, you hit a certain, certain spot in, in a state where it's like, yep, I know what my mindset needs to be. And that's going to be patient and it's going to be a lot of tree stand time or ground blind time, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want. And, you know, it's just, the reality of what's going to be the most beneficial for you. Right. Right. Well, if you got a couple of stories you want to share with us, I'd love to hear. Uh, if you want to share those Muley stories, I'm good with that too. Like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, like I said, I, I I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably give you a Muley story. And if you want a white tail story, I mean, sure. You know, I think we, we kind of crossed the white tail stories of being patient you know (laughs) unless you really want to go down that slippery whitetail slope i I think the the mule deer hunts seem to be more of a better story as far as that goes we could uh i'll 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 talk about the the first buck i killed this year that hunt actually started in september i think it was like the second week of september Uh and uh had like i think i had 10 days and uh kind of hunted an area that I had some some intel on so I kind of had some some points of interest of hunting and stuff like that which was which is always awesome when you get to go back to a place that you you know hunted or scouted previous to go in there and just I don't know I just feel like it gives there's something about the excitement of going somewhere new but then there's there's something about you know going back to a place that you've seen good bucks you kind of know the terrain, you know what you're kind of getting yourself into, and you just kind of have that starting point. It was a solo trip. I do, I do enjoy hunting with other, you know, certain people that have that same mindset, but it was pretty cool just to, you know, be by myself and, you know, just kind of make all those decisions yourself. You know, there's nothing like someone pulling you kind of one way when you're like, God, I'd really like to do this. You know, and the other guy's not like, eh, I don't know. But uh, anyways, yeah, I, first couple of days, I kind of turned up a really good buck, um, a couple really good bucks, actually, and eventually just kept playing cat and mouse with what I thought was the same buck and ended up being two different bucks. You know, I, it was tough because there was a ton of does in this area, too, and these bucks, well, the certain buck right away just seemed to like always have this wasn't necessarily with the does and mm-hmm. didn't bed with the does, but always seemed to have like, 
a defense of those around him to where it was always felt like this, it was this landmines everywhere that I had to overcome just to get close enough to even put myself in a good position with a bow. Yep. And I think day eight, day eight or nine, I finally kind of, he went to the top of this draw. I felt super good about it. Slinked in around a bunch of does, got into like the last 150 yards and kind of had a point of interest. Like, all right, I just, from here, I'm going to drop my pack, get in tight and, you know, hopefully pick up some times or, evidence of where he could be you know and and kind of at, at this point it was probably you know two o'clock in the afternoon and uh i get to that spot i take off my backpack and i go to reach in my bino harness and my release is gone oh jeez. yeah i was shooting uh i shoot a thumb release and uh i got this marsupial bino harness Mm -hmm. and it's got a little zipper and i just kind of tuck it in just enough to where it's like i always i always know it's there right and uh it's not (laughs) until it's not and this was like i you know it's like always one of those things that you're constantly checking you know until the one time you're not checking it like when i left the truck i think i was just so excited to finally put this buck in a decent position and you know and i just kept you know like i said just you're you're hunting the same spot and you're just, you know, you're finding those little nooks and crannies of, you know, traversing through this terrain and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, it was, that was probably the sickest I've felt in a long time. Just like, especially cause I had probably three or four does that I had, I like, I literally had to crawl past, you know, like mm-hmm. super sneaky sort of thing. Well, long story short, I had to trek back to the truck a little over a mile, get my spare release because like an idiot, I didn't have one packed because, you know, I hadn't lost my release in a while or forgot it. So it's not something you think about. Had to stalk back in past all those does, got into a really great position and uh, finally kind of got to that spot that I wanted to be. And I couldn't just, there was like, almost like plum brush thickets you know probably like brush that's like four or five feet high just thick enough to where you can't really see into it mm. and uh i couldn't really tell where this buck was i couldn't t- I, I saw him going to the top of the draw but i couldn't tell if he went into the bottom of the draw you know like slip down in i mean there was definitely spots on the top and bottom end of it that you know he easily could have been in and uh you know, you just have those gut feelings when you're in certain spots where you're just like, you know, this just got to be patient. This might not be the right spot, but at least it puts me in a good position to make a move on him. You know, once I, once I see him physically, been sitting there probably 45 minutes, you know, once I came back with that spare release, you know, I just couldn't believe that I got back in and I still had time and, you know, everything that's going through your head at that point of just like, what what happened? You know, like this is, but maybe it's meant to be. Finally, I just kind of like, I had more of my focus on the bottom of the draw top. And all of a sudden I just kind of happened to look to my right, which would have been at that top of that draw. And the buck I'm after just is like, must've been batted right there and stood up and started feeding on some of that, that, that plum brush and I was like you gotta be kidding me he's right there (laughs) and he went out the top end of it and kind of started I didn't think he was gonna like necessarily come back in it 
you know, I thought he was just kind of getting up to feed for, you know, I think at that point it was probably three, three thirty or something like that. Actually, it was probably later. It was probably like just because the days are a little longer. It was probably like two hours before dark by the time that this all happened. Okay, and uh, he was he kind of circled back in, and I'm like, oh man, he's gonna he's gonna dive back in to kind of where he was. I think he was just kind of getting up to stretch, sort of thing, getting quick little bite and kind of chew on some cud for a while and, and make his evening plan. And I drew back on him and, and, uh, he actually kind of just skirted through too fast to where I was like, you know what? He's not a good rush shooter. You know, I've, mm. I, <laughs> I know the consequences of, of, of that for myself, you know, as far as that goes. And one thing I've, I feel like Neely's have taught me over the years is just patience, you know, like, not taking a bad shot and just being patient as much as you want to just let that arrow rip. You just really got to be patient, wait for that perfect, not perfect opportunity, but you know, the best opportunity, you know, with, with what you're vibing as far as the way the deer's acting. So, um, yeah, he actually bedded down again. And like I said, I was at full draw. I let down and I was just like, all right, got a bunch of ranges that time. And that's kind of what helped me up from actually getting an arrow off was just, you know, I shoot a single pin. So mm-hmm. it's all about yardage when it really comes down to it as far as that. I mean, but even if you got a multi-pin, it's yardage is king. I've of also course. learned that as well, you know, especially in that open country, everything, you know, there's not great ranges, you know, it's, it's a constant range game. Um, and definitely have missed a few bucks by it guessing yardage as far as that goes and i'm sure a lot of people have chasing mule deer but um yeah eventually he came back out the top end of that yeah (laughs) yeah okay i I didn't think so i figured it was just me but i figured i'd say i don't ever miss but uh he came back out the top end of that and you know i started clicking ranges again and I think at that one I had 59 yards and, you know, he was just at that point he was just feeding quarter and hard away. And eventually he turned broadside and I let it rip and I hit him right in the shoulder. Hmm. And at first I didn't know because he spun so hard and didn't actually couldn't tell, you know, I mean, obviously it felt good. I knew I hit the buck. And he spun pretty hard and kind of headed the opposite way he was going. And uh, tried to get another arrow knocked. And he just kind of, I think he kind of seen me a little bit trying to panic knock a new arrow. And, you know, I mean, whether I knew, like I said, I didn't know where the shot was, but I couldn't see an exit hole Mm. when he was turned. So I was just like, you know. I don't fear the worst, but at the same time, if I don't see a hole, you don't know. And uh, eventually he kind of just worked his way out of range for me. And I, I kind of bailed the way he did and got to another high point thinking he had kind of kept working away. But he eventually, uh, he was right below me and we both kind of scared the shit out of each other <laughs> sort of thing. And... <laughs> And I can't say that uh, that worked out as planned. I was just trying to get eyes on him to see where he was going. And, you know, just because I know that blood trailing in that 
that dry country just never seems to be beneficial unless some, unless they're dumping the paint bucket out, which never always, it, I'm not saying that never happens, but it, you know how it is. I mean, Arizona's yep. dry with dirt, you know, as far as that goes and it's just hard to blood trail. Yep. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, he, he kind of slipped away from me and I, you know, was heartbroken. Definitely not how I wanted my second to last day to go, especially when I felt like everything I did was right. You know, I, I practiced quite a bit with my bow out to, you know, 70, 80 yards, just not that I shoot 70, 80, but you know, 60 is definitely kind of my line. Mm-hmm. And I feel super confident, you know, I mean, with all the arrows that is, that is, that I rip all summer and, you know, just wait for that moment. Cause I just feel like that 50, 60 chase and mule deer is just like the most common yardage as far as what I've, yes, you know, hunted, you know, as far as that goes, it just seems like really getting any closer than that is just perfect terrain and, you know, perfect opportunities, but even getting inside closer than that, it just, <laughs> you seem like you put yourself in, in a few more pickles too, as far as wind and things changing or, you know, you're just inside that comfort zone. And it, it seems like they have that sixth sense of always knowing when something's just inside and a little too close. Yep. But, uh, yeah. So I spent the next day in that same country, uh, my glass that morning, never turned the buck up. And I actually started kind of, kind of just walking draws not like i would normally do bow hunting mm-hmm. and um and uh it never turned them up never jumped them actually spot and stuck the coyote and shot that which made me feel good cool. like but not good because i still was after the buck right right <laughs> and i did find my arrow the next day and i got i had blood like I think like five or six inches onto my shaft. I think three arrow, three inches of it busted off in, you know, and just, you know, so there was that glimmer of hope that I got enough penetration, but there was also the reality of it that I knew I probably didn't sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ended up uh, driving home the following day from looking for that deer and just sick to my stomach, just another, classic mule deer opportunity that seemed to have slipped from my fingers, you know, and that mule deer hunting just always seems to be a, this constant grind, you know, where it just, you know, it's not whitetail hunt where it's a lot of mental, you know, spending that tree stand time where, you know, you just got to get in and be patient, you know, mule deer hunting just seems like you're always just, you're always just chasing, you know, whether it be just looking for a buck to go after or stalking and, you know, and moving super slow, it just seems like it just beats the crap out of you and put miles on to that sort of jazz. But yeah, went back home, talked my wife and uh, giving me a few more days to go back out. And she knew if she didn't, if, if I didn't get back out there to <laughs> at least give it a, just to give it a look and confirm, you know, I just, I just wanted another date. Well, I wanted more than a day, but I just wanted to go confirm that this thing wasn't dead and I just couldn't turn them up, you know? So 30 days later, she had given me the AOK. I ripped back out there, um, had five days to get done. And, uh, actually first day it was super foggy and 
once the fog rose about an hour and a half into the morning, the first deer I saw was this buck. Oh no, that's awesome. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I can't believe the one deer I came to just physically put my eyes on and here he is again. And actually that day, you know, that was right away. Like I said, hour and a half into the first morning and, uh, I think by he kind of he kind of went out of view, but I had an idea of where he was because it was literally I would say probably three four hundred yards from where I physically had last seen him last, and I you know I was like, geez, this thing's a freaking homebody in this little pocket, you know, mm-hmm. like this is where he wants to be. And I mean, there was definitely plenty of places to hide, and I just happened to have my eyes on the right spot that morning to turn him up, but. Um, by noon, I kind of had him, I'd kind of worked my way into that area around kind of this little plateau where he was bedded up against and put my eyes on him again and kind of made a plan from there of what I needed to do. But some of it was just kind of being patient because he wasn't necessarily in a perfect spot. But I kind of had, I was actually trying to work around him at one point mm-hmm. to kind of come in off the side not necessarily over the top because this, I just, you know, it just wasn't the right play. And, uh, as I'm sliding over to come in from the side, another buck gets up. That's actually bigger than the buck that I hit. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, what are the odds for one? I mean, this was probably, I'm not, I guess I don't know score super well, but from what I do know of mule deer score, you know, I mean, the buck I was after was probably a upper 170 buck, you know, from, from what I know, which is, you know, an apps, which is a slammer in my book, you know, mm-hmm. That's um, very good deer. Yeah. Yeah. And this other buck, I don't know if it necessarily didn't have big, deep back forks, but man, he just had mass and a big frame. And it was just one of those things where it was like, Oh man, you know, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I just like that, that bigger buck was actually a better play, but the buck that I came to hunt was in front of me. And I just, Mm -hmm. I, I had to stick to my guns and I had to try to seal the deal on the deer that, you know, that I knew I hit in the shoulder. I mean, it was great seeing them alive. I mean, which is kind of bittersweet too, you know, um, sort of thing, but long story, just kind of, get back on track, uh, had to circle back around this buck actually kind of moved down off that, that plateau bank, you know, that he was on Mm -hmm. and moved down into the flat that I was on. And I ended up just kind of rolling the dice. The wind was good. Grass was short, but he had a little pocket in front of him that was kind of taller grass. I just kind of hooked my bow on the back of my bino harness. I had like a little sidebar, a little back bar. Okay. And I just kind of, just kind of like, I can kind of tuck it in my bino harness and kind of crawl with both my hands instead of, you know, sliding your bow in front of you and, mm, you know, okay. that, that, that sort of thing. Yep. It's worked out really well. Slipped into 60 yards and there was really nothing I could do from there, which is, you know, like I said, kind of in my wheelhouse or where I'm you know, comfortable shooting. And I uh, just kind of played the patient game. Eventually the buck got up and 
I, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about right away, where you just kind of get in your own head. I don't know what it was. I had, I was clicking ranges, clicking ranges. I was kind of fighting the grass a little bit. And for whatever reason, finally got a couple consistent ranges at like 56. And I was actually, I had my, I had my phone just on the grass next to me and I was filming myself. And for whatever reason, like right before I go to draw back, I like, I like turned my dial and, and added some yards. I, okay. I, I still, <laughs> to this day, I still don't know why I did what I did. I don't, you know, and I, I think it was just like this buck was just, it just seemed like he had my number and, you know, I had a couple other op, like stocks on him too throughout the, that first, that first, uh, Trip go at him where he, where he just seemed like, you know, like, and then hitting him in the shoulder and it was just like, what am I doing? You know, like, Anyways, I ended up shooting right over the top of them. <laughs> and it was just like, I just felt like I got hit by like a boulder. You know, it was just like, couldn't believe it. It was, I felt like throwing the ball, you know, like just kind of all the things that you want to do, but you're just like, what, what is going on? All, all the time and prep and, you know, energy you put into it, yep. you know, and time away from home all that stuff but and then uh yeah watched him link up with that bigger buck and they just kind of fed off and it just you know i i wanted to i literally wanted to just pack everything up and just head for home and <laughs> hang the bow up for the year but it was just like you know one of those things that i chat with my wife you know and she's she's both she's a hunter too and super supportive and you know kind of she put a lot of she put some good words in my, in my mind as well as another good buddy. And, you know, it's just bow hunting, you know, yep. like there's plenty of obstacles to overcome all the time. And, you know, just, I mean, it doesn't matter how many arrows you shoot, you still, you know, your best arrow has got to be the one that, you know, you send at that, that buck or bull or turkey, whatever you're shooting at that day. So I ended up seeing them the next day and, uh, I can't say it seemed like for whatever reason he was super on edge after that, which I don't blame him. He's probably, <laughs> he <laughs> he probably were... felt the vibe. He's like, I thought this guy was gone and now he's back. Like I need to find a new, I need to find a new little, little hideout. So I ended up uh, kind of going back to what I first said, where it was, it was uh, earlier about just kind of seeing couple nice bucks well that buck and this buck were very similar the one the the buck i ended up actually shooting were like they both had the side kicker and they both had the but the buck i ended up shooting had small like inline point mm -hmm. so the next day i kind of like turned this buck up and i'm like what the heck like you know that that buck i hit in the shoulder had a small limp mm -hmm. you know i mean he, he definitely took one in the shoulder so he definitely had that you know noticeable characteristic to him and then this buck didn't the next day and i was just like what what's happening here like i, I couldn't like put it together at that moment mm -hmm. but uh yeah um I, I couldn't turn that other buck up we spent kind of the next two days trying to turn him up you know, this ended up finding this buck two days later that had that small inline and I'm like, well, if I can't turn this other buck up, I'm, I'm here to, you know, 
killed his tag and I know that other buck's alive. So made a play on him that evening. He was with a smaller buck and things were pretty good. Weather was great. I knew there was like a, a, a cell that was going to blow in as far as uh, storm wise. Mm-hmm. And I got to kind of where I wanted to be. They were on this little, in this little cluster, there was a little contour where I could kind of come in from the bottom side and get into this spruce. And kind of just as I got there, that storm blew in. So it went from like, I don't know, a 10 mile an hour wind and, and, uh, sunshine to like, uh, 40 mile an hour winds. (laughs) And that, that rain blew in as well. And that buck ended up just kind of walking. The buck ended up feeding past me like I'd wanted to previous to this 40 mile an hour wind blowing in. And, uh, it just kind of, you know, like ethically, I just couldn't take the shot. I had him at like 56 at one point and I just, <laughs> there was no way I was going to, I didn't know where to aim first of all with a 40 mile an hour straight wind and, uh, just basically had to let them walk, mm. um, which was tough, you know, especially just everything that's already happened. You know, I was just like, geez, maybe I'm not meant to be a mule deer hunter. I don't know. I don't know what I'm being tested on, but I was definitely being tested. And, uh, Actually, it kind of calmed up that night, and I did swing around and kind of got into this small, like, cottonwood draw that is a crick, you know, a dry crick bed, you know, or currently was a dry crick bed at that at, at that point. Mm-hmm. And he, he was actually feeding right down to me, kind of like a little whitetail setup. And for whatever reason, like, I mean, and we're talking like at this point, now it's like 30 minutes before dark. Um, the winds finally just went to absolutely nothing. Yep. Rain, crazy how rain was, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was literally at one point hanging onto that spruce tree going like, man, do I like try to like run back to the truck or like it, it felt like, you know, it was, it was definitely a storm, man. It was, yeah. it was one of those things where you kind of, you know, when you're out in the middle, you know, when you're a mile and a half, two miles from the truck, like you can't just, you know. Mm-hmm. hop skip and jump back in there especially with that kind of wind you almost put yourself in more danger or something but um yeah i for whatever reason he was coming right down the draw at me and bedded down like 50 60 yards away and i mean i had no shot but it was one of those weird things i couldn't believe he actually bedded like that close to dark i don't i don't know if it was just from him getting up early from that storm and feeding or what but so anyways, like I said, wind went to nothing. I couldn't do anything. I had to just sit there and, you know, take the rain and and the cold. At that point, I was just soaked. I had no wing. I had no rain gear on. I wasn't really prepared for, for that sort of thing at that moment. I had to wait till dark. Eventually, those two bucks fed off, crawled out of there. Next morning, super windy. I was just couldn't turn any bucks up that morning and um, just kind of started popping into some draws that you know were out of the wind a little bit Mm -hmm. and ended up turning up that buck that he was with which was kind of like a a, i think it was a two by three definitely a buck i probably would have slopped in my younger days of chasing mule deer but you know i was kind of hunting this area to chase bigger deer you know i mean that was kind of my goal as far as that goes 
and almost backed out of there, but just happened to catch a little light through a, a sagebrush and bush in front of me and just peeked up and over it. And that buck that <laughs> he was with last night, big four by four with that inline and that sticker mm-hmm. was, was right there feeding with him. And I, I literally was just like, Holy smokes. I literally almost just backed out of here thinking that, you know, the buck I'm, you know, a buck a caliber of buck I wanted to hunt was was not here. It was like I said, it was probably twenty mile an hour winds that day, which mm. was perfect for kind of just dumping in these real little pockets and being a little more aggressive, you know, noise wise and and just running out of time sort of thing. They were kind of feeding away from me up this draw, so I was pretty high on the hill. I was probably, you know, elevation wise, I was probably you know, 30 feet higher than they were. Okay. And I just kept using these little sage bushes and just kept working my way with, you know, on this rock face, you know, when they were moving, I'd kept moving. And, you know, I, I kind of like it when they're on their feet and feeding. Um, I, I prefer it. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely seems like they're just, you know, I don't know if it's just the noise that they're making kind of distracts them from other noises around them. But, uh, I mean, it definitely, and obviously a 20 mile an hour wind helps too, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, I put, I kept pushing in and just told myself like, man, you just need to freaking clutch up. Like they got, I got to about, I think, I think that was a 54 yard shot and I, I drew back and I just, you know, just settled the pin and pinned him just i hit that offside shoulder and he come barreling past down below me and i kind of got i ran up on the the hill that i was on and just got a little more elevation to kind of look back where he was running and he made it to the bottom of this draw probably another 150 yards past me mm-hmm. and kind of stopped turned around hard back legs got wide and just freaking tipped over right there nice and it was just like one of those things where it's just you know i mean at this point i'd probably like 15 or 16 days in jason bucks out there and i it was probably one of the greatest feelings i've had as a bull hunter in a long time just felt like i just got lifted right off that hill and i was just floating on cloud nine (laughs) you know like just everything that comes with hunting whether it's mule deer hunting whitetail on elk hunting whatever you know like just overcoming everything that seems to be against you and you know that's uh, what it's all about two bad arrows that like you know like you said you kind of get in your own head like am i like am i should i be a bow hunter you know like should i (laughs) exactly should i be doing something else should i be a pool player or throw darts or something like that or you know like it's something where you're like what, what's happening here but i don't know it was it was awesome being able to you know get a hold of my wife and just you know she's constantly just waiting for that call of like you know big buck down you know or i got him or you know and called a buddy right after that too and it was just one of those things where it was just like oh, just a huge weight off your shoulders but just like a pinnacle moment as a bow hunter that motivates you for future hunts and just gives you that confidence 
as a bow hunter, like, you know, like there's always going to be shit to overcome, but you can do it. You know I mean? And bow hunting is pretty mental. You know I mean? You can talk yourself into something or you can talk yourself out of it pretty easy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. When I look, I looked back at when I had my, like most successes, I had a string of multiple, multiple years where I was just, had fantastic seasons and it's because I was almost, almost cocky confident, you know? And as soon as that like doubt creeps in and that second guessing gets in there, it starts doing things to you. You start manifesting shitty things happening. Yeah. I'm man. I've, I've been I've been battling it now for like the last three years or so, where I kind of get my brain back in into where it needs to be, and I talk myself back into where it should be, and then it all it takes is like one bad incident, and then I'm like, it's back, I'm back back again. I just I literally just had the same conversation with my good friend Dan. We were talking about our South Dakota hunt, and uh, yeah. It's just, it's nuts. I, I was literally, like I said, I, was, I don't remember if we were on air or, or off when we started, when I started telling you about it, but I had three hunts this year and I, and I filled two tags. And it took me to saying that to you to realize that I didn't really have that bad of a year. I just, <laughs> no. I just didn't hunt that much, you know? Like, yeah. But in my head, I was like, man, I've had the worst year ever. Like I suck, you know, but it yeah. was, I'm like, okay, no, you didn't suck. You didn't get your elk at, you didn't get your elk tag. And you know what it was too, is like, I, I got two deer that I settled for too. That was it. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to capitalize on like what I But I want. feel like you've probably hunted enough bucks too, or, you know, critters over the years where, I mean, you set that pinnacle goals mm-hmm. and the reality of, of that, of meeting that goal, especially bow hunting, is a lot easier to think that's mm. going to happen versus the reality of it really happening, especially with every all the variables you can't control. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, my wife and I have had a little slump chasing whitetails, but some of it just boils down to setting bigger goals too. You know, I, yeah. you know, like you shoot a really nice buck, and then of course next year you're like, ah, I could just shoot one just a little better <laughs> yeah yep yep or you know trail cameras you know like you know you see you see bucks that on on trail cameras that you don't get to necessarily see with the eye and mm-hmm. kind of i chase you know my wait tail season this year was chasing a buck i still haven't seen this year saw him last year which is the first year in like three years four years i think that have actually seen the deer hmm. and it's it's sending me down a very slippery slope and you know i mean I, two I, years in a, it's two years in a row that i haven't killed a whitetail which is you know like you kind of got back to that point like you were saying like i was getting a little cocky with shooting whitetails because it had some good seasons you know i was I mean? gonna say 2021 i i i was thumbing through your pictures earlier that buck is yeah. that buck is just cool, man. He's just like I mean, he's yeah. probably not a scoring stud, but he's just, I mean, I think he's a stud. He's got cool freaking character, junk yeah. off the bases and those 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That un- was that was that u- that unicorn buck that yeah. uni- kind of had that yes uh, yeah. yes yeah yeah, yeah. and right. th- you know like after that you know following that season you know i kind of chased this buck that you know we called local it seems like he's all over our property but for whatever reason it's just i it's crazy Mm. but you know you know like i said just setting those goals and you know trying to you know achieve them it's Mm -hmm. two different things for sure especially bow hunting yep absolutely well awesome man um where can our listeners find out more about you um yeah i I got a instagram account um richie underscore wilhelm that's kind of where i share the majority of it i think it's kind of linked into my facebook profile too as well as that goes but uh Mm -hmm. yeah i I haven't dumped a lot of content out there lately need to get better with that got a little guy that's going to be turning two here in a couple days and he's definitely uh he's definitely consumed a lot of my time which is awesome um so it's hard to it's hard to, you know, always keep posting that content and stuff like that. I have a ton of it. You know, I try to, you know, film a bunch of stuff and, you know, have, you know, big ideas of doing more with it. Just, you know, always doing something <laughs> yeah. with it. It just doesn't seem like it uh, yeah. ends up happening and stuff like that. Uh, my wife and I started a YouTube channel a couple of years ago called Raw Adventures Wild. And, you know, it was some of our hunts just just putting them out there i mean you know that sort of thing i think the last one i did was a colorado high country hunt that i did a couple of years ago but uh yeah definitely have more content you know on hard drives than i do out there but uh yeah instagram i got some some stuff out there and try to be better with it and drop some more so nice yeah i i mean obviously you know that i've was all about that for a very long time and uh, part of me misses having the tv show thing and or not so much the actual tv show but having having a cameraman and yeah capturing yeah Yeah. capturing those memories you know more than anything yeah so yeah i often think about uh, doing stuff again but well originally like gosh it's probably been 10 15 years but me and uh, my buddy Ross, yep. Malene. Yeah, Ross we was a guest of, on, the sh- on the show a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, oh. We were part of uh, a Tom Miranda production mm-hmm. on the outdoor channel called Dominant Bucks with yep. like, you know, like Adam Hayes and Adam Crumrin, Chris Seymour, Stan Potts was kind of like the host. You know, that was, that was kind of like pre, uh, pre-YouTube kind of what it is now and heck that was probably like the beginning of facebook and stuff like that as far as that goes really wasn't what it is now where everybody's kind of got their own show now yeah so yeah sort of tell me about it which is good and bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure well don't don't sweat it because no you know the whole the whole tv thing went the whole tv thing went away pretty oh yeah yeah so no, it's all good. It was, it was a fun, it was fun, you know, but it kind of put me in a slippery slope too of trying to do more than what I was actually, what, what my resources would allow. You know, I mean, I had so many irons in that fire thinking I was thinking it was really going to go somewhere and 
not that it it couldn't or still can't. You know, it's just one of those. Yeah, priorities change things. To yeah, priorities change, change and yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's kind of nice backing off of it and not making it such a huge burden too. Because there's times where that stuff has definitely burned me on some really nice bucks over the years too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I I didn't pull the trigger because we didn't have something on camera. <laughs> that was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was bad. <laughs> that was definitely yeah, bad. Just one of those weird things that just kind of seems to happen with some of that too. You know, I mean. But, uh, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Awesome, man. Well, Richie, thank you for coming on and sharing that story with us. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to talk about maybe doing a hunt together. I gotta, I gotta come chase. I haven't been, a, I haven't been to, um, Wisconsin in a very long time. I only hunted there for whitetail once. The girl I used to date, her family lived in, Oh, where the hell? I don't remember the name of it, but somewhere in Illinois. And we drove from there to go hunt in Wisconsin for, I don't know, a few days, three, four days. Yeah. Um, but that was my only, I, I haven't, that's, yeah, that's my only experience in Wisconsin. Other than that, I used to have a buddy of mine that moved here and then he ended up moving back there and he had land for me to go hunt there and I never made it happen. He was he actually was my, uh, he was my gunsmith over here, and uh, so well, yeah, Wisconsin always been like I know you, you guys got a shit ton of deer and some big ones shit too. Ton of deer, but we got a shit ton of private too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's you know like it's just getting you know I think that's why I like going out west too. They just yeah kind of get just away stretch from your legs it. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, stretch your legs, and it just I don't know. I feel like there's a little more uh, hunting opportunities and and freedoms out. You know, when you kind of get into some bigger places. Yeah. They're starting to dwindle, yeah. though, you know, and w- us as hunters are, are letting that go. We're, yeah. uh, we're, we've become too complacent and not getting involved in stuff that, you know, that's that's why I, I you know, was part of starting Alpha Wildlife is because I got tired yep. of seeing all that stuff yep. go away. And as just just in my lifetime, I know I'm, I'm going to be 48. I'm, not a super old man, but I'm not a young, young buck anymore either. Um, but in my lifetime, it's changed drastically, drastically, you yeah. know, and it's just going to get worse. You know, people talk yeah. about public land and, or, or private land and so on and so forth. If we keep letting it go the way it's going, you know, hunting is going to be all privatized. There's not going to be a whole yeah. lot of public opportunity, period. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, like you said, it, it, it's being involved and I could definitely be better with it. You know, I think it's just, it's like anything, you just kind of take things for granted at certain times because you have priorities and you're not making something else a priority that is a huge priority in the big scheme of things mm-hmm. to yourself. Yeah, you know? I mean, because if it goes away, then, then, then all those other little things that you think are important, like being a better bow shot and what camo to wear and all this other crap that we spend really, time on um yeah. really you know, means it all nothing. means nothing right <laughs> so yeah yeah anyways well again rich thank you i appreciate you um yeah we'll talk likewise. to you soon appreciate everything you're doing as well thank you thanks john bye hey guys thanks for checking out the show really appreciate you keep those reviews and those comments coming 
helps us keep this free. Do me a favor, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word, and check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.